Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hello and welcome to Talk Spooky to Me, the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show. I'm Brennan Store. I'm Paul Vestal. And this is a show where we get to hear from you, our listeners. Paul, my friend, how are you doing? Congratulations on your 250th episode of Mysteries and Monsters. It's a bit mad, isn't it, really? Who, who knew talking about monsters could save your life? <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> Monster Force saved my life. Yeah, that's it. There we go. That's a red right up there with the sweet, malevolent t-shirt you got from Cryptid Tees today. <laughs> yes, thank you, Dev. It's been a Paul Bonanza today because you got the Cryptid Tees shirt, <laughs> and I showed you a new design, which is going into our store, uh, the inimitable Paul Bestel, a <laughs> wonderful piece of art that I had commissioned and was just finally finished yesterday afternoon. And I had to resist every urge in my body not to send it to you right away because I wanted to see a reaction live on air. But uh, by the time this comes out, that should be up in our stores. And I'm, I'm just so fucking excited for that. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to the, my mum making the one sale. That'd be good. <laughs> oh, I've, I feel like there will be more than that. More than that. I'm just going to take on, take on board and not let it go to my head. Um, I was, Julie was watching a documentary about the British comedian Mickey Flanagan last night and he was uh, imparting some of his uh, his London Cockney uh, information and, and knowledge with, with the viewer and one of the things was said, yeah my mum said to me if you become famous just don't turn into a cunt <laughs> words to live by <laughs> alright well this is the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show and it's going to be a little bit shorter than usual because uh, we are recording this well in advance as I am leaving for the UK on Friday. We're all going to be recording uh, episode 160, I think 169 or 170 tomorrow. And uh, yeah, so it's we, are, we will soon be in the same place, Mr. Bestel, for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. It's like the stars aligning, isn't it? It really is. Yep. Meant to be. <laughs> I, although I was worried Nick was getting sick because she, um, she went kayaking the other day and we've had all this wildfire smoke mm -hmm. and for about two days afterwards, she was exhausted and she had a sore throat and I was, you know, taking care of her, but keeping, uh, keeping a healthy distance. Cause I thought, Jesus, if she's sick, I, I don't need that. Have you tried lauding them? <laughs> so she, yeah, she was feeling really not great, but then it occurred to us both, you know, she's, she went kayaking when it was really smoky here because obviously we had massive fires on the West Coast. And so we think it's just that because she felt fine for about a day or so. She's started to lose her voice again today, but um, it, it, mostly she feels fine. It's just this thing. So we're, again, we're kind of hoping it's just this residual wildfire smoke that's kind of messing her up. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, I always get really paranoid before I'm about to take a big trip 
So I'm always hyper-conscious of like, okay, so what's going to go wrong? What's going to go wrong? But I think we will be fine. And as you say, the, the stars are aligning. But before they do that, let's check the mail. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. All right. So our first message is from Cecily. And she says, I just bought a very old spooky house that needs some love and money. It's in eastern France, and they're not really sure how old it is. It was built in several different stages, the biggest in the 18th century. The town itself has been constantly inhabited since the Celts ruled the area, and we are right in the middle of the old town, so who knows how old that spooky cellar is. Anyways, my husband, children, and I have spent the night there a few times with nothing strange going on. But I had a few dangerous jobs that needed to be done, and I didn't want the kids around, so I decided to go and spend two nights there alone. Well, alone except my big fluffy shepherd mixed dog, of course. The first night was very quiet and nothing happened. However, the second night, as I was sleeping, I did that thing where you sometimes wake up in the middle of the night, but you're not really awake, you're just changing positions, and then you go right back to sleep. Well, as I was doing that, I heard my husband sneeze next to me in bed. I was about to just go back to sleep when I suddenly remembered that I was by myself in the house. Now, I know it wasn't my dog, because he's lovely, but he's terrible going up and down the stairs. So at night, I put a gate up to keep him on the main floor so he doesn't fall down in the dark. And even if it was my dog, he has the loudest, most obnoxious doggy sneezes in the world, and there's no way I could have mistaken my husband sneezing for my dog sneezing. So there I was at probably around 2 or 3 in the morning, by myself in this big house, and I think, you know what, I'm not thinking about this because I have a lot of work that needs to get done, and if I think about this too much, I'm not going to be able to work tomorrow. So I didn't even turn over to see who made this sneeze. I just went right to sleep. <laughs> Even if it was a ghost, the house seems very welcoming. And I bet it was nice. And, oh, and she says, P.S., I thought you called the show Talk Spooky to me based on the Poison song Talk Dirty to Me. Like, you need to hear some spooky stuff to get going. I mean, I'm not saying that's not true. But uh, that was not, again, I have no idea where it came from. It's probably a combination of, of things. But that's, that's really interesting, Cecilia. It's one of those, again, sort of weird quasi-sleep hallucinations, or, or maybe not. But it reminded me of, you know, I just recorded the, uh, the live show before this for our $10 and up patrons. And I was saying to you, we had some weird shit happen here. And the, the, the gist of it is, I've talked about it on the last episode, but the big one that happened last night was I was laying on the couch uh, about 11.30, reading an article on my phone. Nick was asleep in bed when I heard a very firm, hard bang. And it, I couldn't tell if it came from the patio glass, like the patio door or the wall. It happened so quickly. It's, it's hard to say, but it was so there that it just, it, it like my adrenaline spiked. Cause I thought I, I, and I immediately went to go check on Nick because I thought there was something wrong. I thought maybe someone was in the bedroom. She was fast asleep. The cats were fast asleep. So no idea what it was, but it was not the normal sounds you hear in the house of a night. Uh, cause again, we've lived here 12 years. I know all the noises. And as I was saying to you earlier, I went and spoke to my landlord today and I said, Hey, you know, cause I thought maybe there's something got in the walls. And I asked if any other apartments have been having this issue and there have been odd things happening, but nothing that lines up with what we're experiencing. However, my landlord told us that in the apartment above hers, when the woman is out of town, she hears what sounds like someone moving furniture. So that is strange. And uh, certainly not what we're experiencing, but also does not sound like mice. <laughs> Very big mice. 
Yeah, they would have to be to move furniture, I suspect. It's like uh, when I was at the gym the other night, I noticed there was a mouse running along the, the weight rack on the bottom. And my head cannon, in my head cannon now, that mouse is in there to get totally yoked. He's <laughs> just in there pumping, pumping iron every night, and he's just going to beat the shit out of every cat he sees. Mickey Muscles. <laughs> Sneezers are very unique to people, aren't they? You can always tell people by their sneeze, I think. I suppose you can, yeah, it's very true. I make enormous ones. I somehow that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like that, proper explosive ones, but then I know some people, and uh, a former partner of mine, when they sneezed, it sounded like a TIE fighter. They go, tew, 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 tew. <laughs> I wished I sounded like that because my sneezes are always, they're like me. They're big, unnecessarily loud and gross. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boo, you know, like Sasquatch tumbling down a cliff face. Like a it's nasal a tsunami. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> And this is from Scarlett, who says, just emailing about the Michael Taylor story in episode 168. The vicar, Peter Vincent, <laughs> like Fright Night, was a Barnsley local and was the man who did my mum's christening back in the 1960s. She says that it was a huge scandal in the small Gorber area of Barnsley as he was a really huge part of the community who ran most of the services at the local church. When she told me the story as a kid, I didn't really believe her as we didn't have Google back then. But I thought it was pretty interesting. And then one day, I found the book Haunted Barnsley. Right there in the pages was the confirmation that my mum was telling the truth and gave a little more detail about what happened. Father Vincent was, of course, moved. Or at least he certainly didn't stick around Gorber after what happened. The Bishop of Wakefield banned exorcisms outright in the area after that, and it was the last acknowledged exorcism in the Church of England. Love the show. Christ, we're even reaching Barnsley, Brennan. We've made it. <laughs> that's, that's the big time, baby. Still crazy. The amount of times I'd walk past that church not knowing what had happened there. Mad. Is it weird to have, because I don't know of anything that, aside from Michelle Remembers, which obviously is based in Victoria and was all proven to be bullshit, we don't, I don't know of anything that like kind of that interesting that's happened here uh, on a paranormal level, like anything that famous. Is it weird to be that close to something, to things like that, which are just so present and happening? I suppose it is. I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those because it, it's such a twisted case in regards to what happened after the exorcism. The exorcism often gets left behind because that's the paranormal, whereas what happened was the reality of, you know, a, a deeply disturbed man who committed an extremely heinous crime and continues to do so uh, in a different variety of offending. So it's it is odd. Knowing, I suppose it's one of those things, especially growing up where we grew up, you know, we didn't have many murders, if any, you know, maybe one a year, if that. I mean, even living in Sheffield, Sheffield's not that bad. Even as a major city, it's classed as the safest major city in the UK. Though I suppose it depends where you live. But it, it is what it is, you know, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things. It's like what happened with the Howden Moore UFO alleged crash in 1997 in Sheffield. Completely missed that. Didn't know anything about it till the day after. And hundreds of people saw something on fire flying through the skies of Sheffield. I mean, you know, Sheffield, home of where we caught the Yorkshire Ripper as well. Of course, yeah. So there's always some strange, something strange lurking underneath the surface if you scratch far enough. Thank you, Scarlett. Next up is from Hillary. Hillary says, Hi, Brennan. I took a break for a few days when I had no alone time. I've finally gotten into episodes from 2022. 
I just listened to the call of dreams. I wanted to touch on a few things you talked about near the end. You and Kev were talking about how your perspective shapes your reality. And there is tremendous brain research that shows this is true. I'm a high school math teacher and I coach my kids on having a growth mindset. The idea that when tasks are challenging, it's not about your capacity to do the work, but an opportunity for you to learn new things and get smarter. But I go further than that on the positive self-talk front. I tell my kids not to say, I can't do this, or this doesn't make sense, or this is impossible, because your brain believes you. It won't try to find a way or make sense of it. And the change to, I have more work to do to figure this out, creates this incredible difference in student activity. So I think the idea of perspective shaping reality is super important. Next, in your mental health piece, you talked about your brain telling you things. I always talk about how it's rough because your brain sometimes bullies you, but unfortunately, Unlike a real bully, it knows the exact buttons to push to get a negative reaction. But as someone who struggled with mental health, I love that you use that phrase. That's all from here in a beautiful week of the main summer. Hope things are well. And thank you, Hillary. It's so true, man. I, I've really found that, um, that like how you view yourself and how you talk to yourself makes a huge difference. Um, I, and that's something I've really had to unlearn. You know, I've had to unlearn... Like I, I try to make fewer jokes at my expense now on the show. I used to do it all the time, right? Like I'll make the odd one, but I used to make a lot of self-deprecating jokes. And the problem is one, other people think they can do that too, which they absolutely fucking cannot. <laughs> and two, constantly undercutting yourself doesn't serve to help you. But it took a long time for me to accept that. And it's still something I'm kind of working on. The idea that you are allowed to acknowledge your success and mm. it's not bragging. You know, like it's okay to say I've done... X, Y, or Z. And I'm, and I'm proud of that. Not, oh, but also there are people who've done way better or I've only done it because X, but just being like, yeah, no, I'm happy about this. And, you know, like I, I'm getting ready to make another move. Uh, like I did to Montreal, I'm getting ready to move to Southern Ontario and I'm only just kind of just starting putting the, the, the like the plans in place. And Hey, if you know someone who's looking to rent a place in the London area, tell them to get a hold of Bren. But I have to really even though I did Montreal and I had a great time and, you know, I like Montreal was an emergency thing. I did that because I had to, because otherwise I was going to die. I was you know, like, I was in very real danger of self-harm at, at that point in my life. I'm not at that point anymore, but I don't like living here. And so I'm going to go there for a while and so on and so forth. But I find myself slipping back into that. Like, no, you, you, why, you can't do something like that. This is all there is, you know, like this is the whole world. And it's, even though I've went to Montreal I was there for eight months. I lived on my own. You know, I did all that shit. It, it's still so easy to slip back into that I can't place. And uh, it's just such a, a dangerous place to be because like she says, if you tell yourself you can't, you can't. Yeah, completely agree. It's, a, it's an ongoing battle. I'm, I'm, I've got a very um, aggressive internal argument that goes on in my head. But, you know, the little voice in the back of my head that's always been there since I was a kid. Always says, hey, it's not good enough. You can't do it. What, what's the point? Give up. Give up. Just stop it. And then I just kind of argue with it and go, fuck off. I'll show you. <laughs> eh? Think I can't do this? Right, come on then. Next up is from Lisa, who says, I'm catching up on Talk Spooky to Me, and you made a joke about getting a native Elvish speaker in case of resurrecting the language bit. I did teach myself some Cinderin Elvish in high school which is one of the two main Elvish languages in Lord of the Rings. Though it is a constructed language, there are actual rules to it. Plural nouns are slightly different from singular nouns. There's a specific way to conjugate verbs. Anyway, 
I'm happy to fill in as your native Elvish speaker if you ever wind up needing one. Lol. As a side note, y'all were one of the inspirations for starting this podcast, which is called Dreary Midnight, and I've appreciated the content over the years. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, that's very cool. Thank you, Lisa. And I've listened to your podcast. I've listened to Dreary Midnight, and I very much enjoy it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Tolkien's depth of knowledge in regards to people just thought he wrote Lord of the Rings. His It's terrifying the amount of back filler that is involved. Like He drew all the maps and everything. Yeah, it, it, what that guy was able to accomplish is incredible. As well as being a professor at the same time and arguing with C.S. Lewis <laughs> constantly. My movies will be better. What? You'll see. Yes, and they are. Well, and if, they if are. You, yeah, even The Hobbit's better than some of the awful things. Mind you, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe I found deeply annoying as two of the child actors seem to be unable to act, which kind of takes away from their performance. Man, that's a series that went into, well, maybe the, I, I was never a huge fan of the first movie, but I didn't mind it. And and that was uh, how I found Tilda Swinton and, and Be Still My Beating Heart. But uh, anyways. And it's always annoying. Why start a series of films with the second book? Pisses me off that. I didn't realize it was a second, that was the second book. Yeah, it's the second book. What's the first one? Uh, oh, you caught me out. Hang on a minute. What's the first? It's, hang on. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the second one. Last Battle is the seventh got uh there's a silver horse. chair there's caspian uh so a horse horse and his his horse and his boy the third book yes and then the it's prince book. caspian voyage of the dawn treader and then the last one is the last battle but there is a seventh book and it's the first one is that lion witch in the wardrobe is the second part of the chronicles of narnia i i have the first one here if would you would you like to would you like to know yes the magician's nephew bloody hell <laughs> if it helps i've never heard of it yeah, because it's, um, it's the characters in The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe's parent who are in The Magician's Nephew. This is the, th- the theme running through all the Narnia books is they are all relatives of the same family. Oh, fascinating. I had no idea. All the humans that go to Narnia. So the, the P- Pevensey children, are they, because again, I've never read any of the books, in, in like Dawn Shredder and Caspian, it's always the same kids. Is it the same no, in the books? No, it's different ones. Oh, okay. It's it's a long time. I mean, I read them when I was nine. Right. I read the whole whole seven books at, at junior school. Um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader was always my favorite, primarily due to the pirate rat. Who wouldn't want a pirate rat? Absolutely. Sword fighting rat. Speaking of pirates, the latest episode of Luke Lore is all about pirate lore. So go check Arr. that out. Are indeed, yes. Luke Lore available on podcast platforms everywhere. This next one is from Brooke. Brooke says, in 2013, I was 19, newly married and moving to Nebraska to start my life as the wife of some chump in the USAF. He was stationed, <laughs> he was stationed on Offutt Air Force Base near Omaha, sort of. Anyway, because of this new location, I spent a weird amount of time in Iowa. For instance, because we were a bunch of degenerates, I learned that the closest strip club to the base was actually in Iowa. This strip club featured a one-legged stripper and her parents were the owners of the club. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I only lived there for a few months before we got shipped off to Japan, so unfortunately I never found anything truly haunting in Iowa, but I do still think about that stripper. Well, good for her, I say. Absolutely. I uh, I haven't been to a strip club in years, and it's not an experience I miss, if I'm honest with you. Um, I was not ever really into the whole thing, but um, I rem- I've told a story, I've probably told a story before, but there was a, do you know what Canadian tire money is? No, it sounds dodgy. Do you know what Coles cash is? No, that also sounds dodgy. 
Okay, so so this was a thing when when we were younger, big department stores would give you like money with their name on it as rewards that you would then save up and put towards other purchases. So Canadian Tire money you would get like yeah, they would look like bills, but they would be, you know, very clearly Canadian Tire branded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there was I remember a friend of mine who was a forester. He told me the story that when he was going to school in Cranbrook, which is a small town in BC, there was a strip club there that one day a month would accept Canadian Tire money. <laughs> Oh, God. It's a different time. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. I I, I used to have a friend of mine who was a, a regular performer at, at our local uh, gentleman's establishment. So I've, I've, I've seen the dregs of society that tend to uh, congregate in those particular places. Yeah, you see, you see me there waving at you. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Throwing money at me. Yeah, yeah Canadian tire money. <laughs> that sales over, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Derek on YouTube says, in regards to the hanging head story, I once spent the night in the LA bus terminal. That is not a good mental image. Uh, and of course, Derek's longtime listener of the show always pops in on the uh, Weird It Together live streams. And yeah, that was, we were talking about, I think it was Tubi, the, mm. the, the new release horror section on Tubi, how it is a sky, a, a hum of, uh, a hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> And yeah, if you want to see us tell these stories and even do some uh, talk spooky segments coming up, make sure to go follow the Ghost Story Guys YouTube channel. Thanks to Adam from Weekly Creep, who is uh, doing some of our video editing for us, or actually doing all of our video editing for us. We have some video content now. So when you hear a story on the show, uh, there is a very strong possibility that there is also a video version of that show, sometimes with uh, a little different material, because some things work visually that don't work in audio and, and vice versa. So yeah, give us a follow over on the YouTube channel. You'll find a link in the show notes and check out our videos, which again, there's lots of, sh there are more shorts up now. There are like little clips from the show plus full stories. So thank you to Adam from Weekly Creep for doing that. And uh, thanks to Eric, as always, you're always, always appreciated. This is another YouTube comment. This was from Ren and Ren is commenting on our haunting in the military episode, the audio version of the, that show. Ren says, can we have Paul doing more House of Pain raps? And, um, I mean, I'm all for this. What do you, what, uh, where does Paul stand on this? You're going to do uh, Legend for us, maybe? Or uh, I'm a Swing It? Public enemy for life, baby. <laughs> that could be problematic, but uh, okay. I, ironically, I was, I was walking home from the shop yesterday, and all of a sudden I was singing 911 is a joke in my head. Bizarrely, I almost referenced that the other day too and I, I had to stop because I thought they're not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about because they're too young get up get get, get down 911 <laughs> is a joke in your town <laughs> man I, I was well I still I still love Public Enemy but first three albums I was obsessed with Public Enemy Public Enemy was exciting and even in, in recent years they've got a song from uh, I want to say 2013 maybe called Harder Than You Think yeah brilliant song and oh so good so fucking good and there was another one called son of a bush on their revolver Lucian album that was also very very good yeah oh takes a nation of millions of olders back one of the greatest albums ever made i don't yes, care sir. what genre of music you're into yeah i was a i was a proper def jam def jam kidder i saw them first one of the first concerts i ever went to see i saw public enemy ll cool j and run dmc oh wow yeah, it was blinding. And it was just after Rebel Without a Pause came out as well. Oh, no <laughs> shit. 
Oh, bring and bring the noise. Oh, bring the noise. I used to absolutely. I've still got all my public enemy vinyl and stuff, my picture discs. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Terror Dome. <laughs> oh, halcyon days. I even had, I even had a, I even had a clock and also a Volkswagen sign on a chain. <laughs> We're learning all kinds of stuff about Paul today. Yeah, I was, I was Def Jam for life. Our next message is from Catherine. I just want to thank both of you for being so candid and open about your mental health. I struggle with ADHD and major depressive disorder. Unfortunately, I was raised feeling like these were the results of my own shortcomings as a human being, rather than the actual physical ailments. My dad used to call my antidepressants crazy pills. Surprisingly, he is not one father of the year. <laughs> so it is inspiring and refreshing. Respiring, infreshing, to be reminded that people struggle and people overcome, and even people relapse and start again. Thanks for the reminder that mental health is not a linear journey. Oh, Catherine, thank you again. That's and that's. I really do think that's an important message, man. That you're gonna you're gonna have ebbs and flows, and you just gotta be patient with yourself. Absolutely. You know, I had my major incident over five years ago, and I had a pretty smooth run of it. And then I woke up in March this year and didn't want to live. It happens. However, now I have the tools to deal with it. And that's the difference. And a partner that supports me and friends and family who know. Yeah, and uh, great people like yourself in my life these days, Brennan. I'm, I'm honoured to be considered part of that. It's, um, it, it was difficult and it was tough, but I, I dealt with it in the proper manner immediately. Whereas before, I'd have probably self-medicated, gone on a three-week bender, and then felt felt far worse than I ever possibly thought possible, and then just yeah. sat there and cried. So yeah, keep going. You know, sometimes it's three steps back, but you can always keep moving forwards. You just need to take the time and deal with it in the way that you need to deal with it, and always, always look for help. Yeah, that's it, and that that's been something that's been hard for me to learn is to look for help because I I've always I kind of grew up trying to fix my problems myself. And I'm not going to get into the how and why of that, but that's kind of a thing I would always do is just like try and no, I, I, I can do this. I don't, I don't need to bother anyone. I can solve this and never goes anywhere good. You know, like you can do certain things yourself, but you also need people. We are social animals. And that was a, yeah, that was a tough lesson to learn. So yeah, we're, again, we're, we're so happy that we can, uh, yeah, that you're doing well, Catherine, and that we can provide some, you know, some sort of positive presence. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Next one is from Brooks. Brooks is another longtime listener. First, I'm a little behind on the episodes with moving and other stuff. I just heard the fan mail episode where you read my email about the horrid traffic driving to Denver. <laughs> a weird synchronicity was my girlfriend is from the same California town of Tehachapi, which you talked about in the same episode, which was <laughs> weird and astronomical odds of that happening. <laughs> then I just finished the Iowa episode and I'm so disappointed you didn't bring up not once, even in a joke, the most famous Iowa ghost story that is a book and a movie starring Kevin Costner, Field of Dreams. First off, thank you, Brooks. 
And uh, we, we actually mentioned this on the last episode, the last main episode. It seems so obvious that, ah, you know, why bother? I, I will say, if you look in the, the uh, subtitle on Apple Podcasts, the, uh, like the episode description, I, it does say, if you haunt it, they will come. So that was my, I put that in when I put the episode up and no one's caught it, but that was my one nod to, uh, to Field of Dreams. <laughs> and finally, Alison says, hey, Brennan and Paul, I recognize that this story has been on a different podcast, but holy cow, it really stood out to me. So I figured I'd send it over. I would love to hear you and Paul's thoughts. Your listener, Ali. So thank you, Ali. And the, um, the podcast she's referring to is episode 129 of National Park After Dark. The episode's called Trail Tales 23. And I, yeah, I listened to a little bit of it, Ali. And it's, I, I'm sad to say this sounds like just a, a repackaging of the old S.A.R. Woods stories about staircases in the national parks. And those are creepy pasta. Those are not true. Um, again, they, they're wonderful stories but they are just stories. And, and the original author, S.A.R. Woods, um, has come out and said this a number of times. They're like, these are, these are not real. They're just, again, a series of great stories that this person wrote and then got picked up as truth and made the rounds in a bunch of paranormal groups. We actually, back in the, uh, you know, sort of version 1.0 of Ghost Story Guys, we did a whole episode on them. And I can't remember what, what that episode was called, but basically we just kind of covered it and said, nah, unfortunately it's, it's just not real. Again, cool stories, brilliant stories. Um, but just, uh, unfortunately that's, that's one, one of the downsides of the web, right? Is this kind of creepypasta gets passed around as truth and then the line starts to get blurred. Yes. I was once considering writing a, a horror fiction story that featured, uh, stairways in the woods as a portal for uh, the, uh, dog men to, come into our reality and only uh, Bigfoot can help us. I'm all for it. It features somebody opening one of the doors on top of the staircase and having their arm ripped off. I love it. And then I decided to do a podcast instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy you did that. And who's to say? We could uh, we write, we do audio dramas in this show, Paul. There's no reason to think we can't have Detective Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? It was all all based around a uh, a cryptid conference in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, uh, the uh, the attendees find themselves under attack by flesh eating dogmen, and uh, the mythical Sasquatch appears to save the day. Surely we can write this. <laughs> well, I've seen some of the recent Bigfoot films that have come out, and to be honest, I've passed better things. <laughs> and you don't mean in traffic? No. Not in traffic, I can't drive. <laughs> Did I tell you I had something like this happen where I uh, had an idea and then realized someone else had already done it and I was so pissed? No. <laughs> so back in 2019, I started writing this, my, this fiction. It was going to be a book. It was going to be a book-length project. And then my cousin got sick. And so I went over to Vancouver and kind of was like helping get his partner settled and stuff. And I just... It was just such a big knock because, uh, you know, we're so close and, you mm. know, he's just such a big part of my life that, um, and, and I know you're listening, Mike, so too bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I just never went back to it. I, I, that's not true. I, I got about 8,000 words done and I got like a little, you know, kind of plotting out and scenes and all this ideas. But then again, I just kind of drifted from it. Then the pandemic happened and I stopped writing full stop. 
But I, the idea still lives in my head, right? I still had this like notion, like, oh, maybe I'll return to that. I'd love to write that story. And then recently, uh, after having Steve Strat on the show, I decided to listen to Andrew Piper's Oracle, which is an Audible exclusive. And because I've got an Audible membership, you don't actually have to pay to listen to it. It's, it's free. And motherfucker, it's so similar. Basically, my story was about a guy who, along with his entire class, went missing for three weeks when he was a kid, turns back up. And none of the kids have any recollection of where they went. They just turn up in the river three weeks later and he, his parents eventually die in a car crash. So he is left with the insurance settlement, but he never kind of moves past any of that. So he lives on the outskirts of a city in a house, the house he grew up in and just kind of carves out this living, doing little PI jobs, uh, unofficial PI jobs, kind of thrown his way by an uncle who's a police detective who wants him to get his license and he just never kind of gets that done. And basically this story would take him back to where it all started, where he's looking into a missing person and it takes him back to the woods where this all happened when he's a kid and the story kind of goes from there. Uh, but he's, it, it's left him with a sensitivity so he kind of can make connections that other people can't and combine with his investigative shit that allows him to sort of unravel the mystery. And, and in the end, it was like, the, it's not actually the mystery itself is just a straight up murder thing. It's not paranormal. Um, it's just the paranormal kind of is wrapped around it. And in Andrew Piper's Oracle, it is about a kid who grows up in a haunted house and sees this ghost who eventually latches onto the kid and gives him psychic powers that he then as an adult who has no attachments lives on his own in a house outside a city and is employed by the, by the FBI to fly across the country and use his investigative ability to find lost kids. So it's like, it, or find lost people. So it's so, so similar. And uh, again, Oracle's a really good read. I really recommend it. And the sequel is written as an, an audio drama. And it doesn't always work, but it, it still is very good. Uh, and I only say it doesn't work because I'm a bitch about audio dramas. But I was so pissed because I'm like, oh, I can't write that book now. Because this is so fucking similar that uh, people are going to see, you, you know, I mean, it's part of it is similar to Tana. I think it's Tana French's The Woods anyways, I've learned. But um, yeah, I was so annoyed, man. I was like, God damn it, Andrew Piper. It's a good book too. Oh. <laughs> I had another idea, which was about a, a paranormal show that go to this notoriously violent haunting location. And they've got the psychic is a fake. He's a fraud. He's not a real psychic. But... This guy and his partner are working on the show. He is psychic. He can actually see ghosts. And it ends up that this fake psychic unleashes this hellish monster from the, the depths of the netherworlds of the paranormal and basically starts killing off the crew and only the real psychic and his, and his partner can save the day. I love that too. Folks, don't steal these ideas. <laughs> yes I would also like to bookend everything we've said by congratulating our friend Sam Sheeran for his marvellous work in creating some beautiful art for the new Simon Pegg paranormal film Nando Fodo and the Talking Mongoose yes huge congrats to Sam that is a massive win yeah and it's also going to be on Prime as well Oh, very cool. So we Straight. can we can watch it. I didn't it. know Amazon were dealing with it. I thought it was going to be a cinema release, but it's uh, I believe it's coming out on Prime very shortly. Sweet. Well, congratulations to Sam. Make sure to check that out. Uh, the story of Jeff is, of course, near and dear to uh, Paul's heart. 
All right. Well, and so thank you very much, Ali. Again, we're sorry to be the bearers of bad news with the uh, the stairs thing, but um, again, there's enough weird shit out there in the world. We don't have to worry about uh, ruling out one or two mysteries because there's always going to be more for us. And thank you to everyone else who wrote in. We love, love, love hearing from you. If you want to leave us a comment or send us a message to be read on the show, again, we pull from Instagram, from YouTube, from uh, Facebook, from and everywhere. So yeah, email is the best, most direct way to get in touch with us, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. But again, we're on Instagram as the Ghost Story Guys. We're on Facebook as Ghost Story Guys. And we are on YouTube, and you'll find that linked in the show notes. Paul, my friend, where can everyone find you online? You can find me under the guise of Mysteries and Monsters across all social media platforms, along with the show on all podcast sites. Brilliant. I'm Largely the Truth on Threads, Blue Sky, and Instagram. My Twitter account is still active. I don't use it anymore, but uh, no, it's not X. Paul keeps making an X with his hands. I refuse. I refuse. No, I'm just pretending I'm in the X-Men. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Call that's me fine. Jubilee. We'll take a few for a rogue man, but <laughs> I'm on all those platforms, and uh, yeah. Again, you can reach me. I'm not hard to find. And, you can, and, and of course, my book, A Strange Little Place, is available everywhere. Fine books are sold. And my other podcast, Weird Together, is on podcast platforms everywhere. And, of course, we like to end our shows with a musical guest. This week, the guest is a name you will have heard before. They are The Revenants. The Revenants, of course, are a project of Boston-based musician Elliot Wilder. And they are headquartered on the Ghost Story Guys label, which is called Night Harvest Recordings. The song is from Elliot's latest album, Memorial Day, which just hit streaming, and the track is called Hello Again. So again, that is The Revenants with Hello Again from their album, Memorial Day, and you'll find that everywhere you get your music, or at therevenants1.bandcamp.com. And I will say, if you're going to buy Revenants music, buy it from Bandcamp, because Elliot puts a huge amount of work into designing very exacting liner notes for each record. It's really a beautiful thing. I, I wish we could afford to have physical copies of these things made, because all the work is essentially done for us. Uh, really, really talented artist in a lot of ways. I think he's even written a book, which you get with one of his records. He's just <laughs> one of those guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 170, I think. And until then, we will leave you with The Revenants and Hello Again. Yeah.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.